Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Hey everybody, it's Dave here and we're doing a second to last Mock Draft Monday. And joining me tonight, the one and only Deshaun Vaughn, right above me. How you doing, Deshaun? <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, got some new information. Got some uh, some new people that I like. I'm ready to share with everybody. And our draft expert extraordinaire, a little bit in love with the Sooners out of Oklahoma, all the way up there on the top. We have Mr. Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? Doing well. Thanks. Uh, excited to get through this next mock draft. Hopefully, Deshaun and I can do a little better than we did last week. I <laughs> think uh, the last uh, BPA was not the, the route we should be going, uh, no. at least based on what was available last week. So hopefully, uh, this will make our, our viewers a little happier than last week. First off, I want to say hi to Jerome, who's joined us tonight, and he probably agrees, let's not go the BPA route. Tonight, though, we will go with the route of getting in Rick Spielman's head. How do we think Rick, and in conjunction with Mike Zimmer, are going to do this draft realistically, right? Yes, we all joke about Rick wanting to trade down to own half the seventh round, but we're not interested in that. We're only interested in the top four rounds. So let's get ready and get going. How you doing, Raymond? Now, we're going to pick the Vikings. If I can see my screen, we're going to hit next. Drop the four rounds. Boom. And let's start this draft. Boom. And the first one off the board, Trevor Lawrence. What a shock. They did have Justin Fields going third, however. That's interesting. Yep, four four QBs at the top four, man. That is insane. Trey Lance, fourth. Oh, and here we are on our pick, and we have some. I need to move my microphone. It's blocking my screen. We have some right. trade offers. Okay. Jaguars are offering us two fourth-round picks this year and a seventh. Is are all they asking for is our first here? Yeah. Yep. All right. To drop down to 11 spots. All right. Here we got the Steelers offering a second, a fourth, and a first next year. Think, uh, we're in a position where we need to somewhat win now um, right. and make impacts yeah. now. I don't think that I can see us taking that deal in if I'm wreck, right? Right, right. All right, and here we go. We've got the Cardiac Cards offering their first drop down two spots and a fifth. Uh, I don't so think I like any of these. I don't really see the value. I think the the most attractive uh, trade down would be the the Jaguars, just because you're getting two um, early day three picks, right? Um, two fourth rounders that you can hopefully package up and maybe move into the second later. But you are dropping 
um, what I think nine spots. So um, that, that's pretty hefty. Is it 11? Yeah. 11. Oh, yeah. No. The yeah. yeah 11 spots. That's a pretty hefty drop down. I, I say we keep our yeah, pick. And, and our one. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Who do we have on the board? We have Devontae Smith, Micah Parkins, Mac Jones. we got a quarterback. Isn't there any one of these teams like, say, even the Patriots? That want yeah. To and get so, Mac, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Um, I can see, like, the, or, sorry, the Washington football team um, uh, trying to trade up uh, maybe for a Mac Jones um, or um, – or securing an offensive lineman too. Um, there's not obviously. There's um, Elijah Vera Tucker left. There's mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins left. Um, those are, I think, the two top guys on the board um, for that. You know, looking at what's available to us and what um, what you know has our recently gone. I you know I think we would have interest in Christian Derisaw. Um, I think you know we don't have that you know tackle. Um, you know that the, both tackles secure yet. Um, yeah, and, and I think we'd be interested. No, I'm saying so, you know, Darisa is already gone. Um, you know, Patrick Sertan's gone, you know, Slater's gone, and and even Jalen Phillips, which I think we'll probably have interest. Um, you know, they're all gone. So taking a look here, I think a trade down would be most attractive, just given the fact that somebody would probably want to trade up for Devonta Smith and or Mac Jones, but um we would then have to initiate that. So right. which is something we haven't done on Mock Draft Mondays, yeah. I don't think. Well, let's Oh, it's always time for some new things, right? Right. Now, who do we want to initiate with? Say we want to go down. We've got to go down probably, what, 22, 23, 24, 25 or below to get the second round pick? Yeah, let's check. Yes. Holtz would be down for that or something. Okay. I think they're 21. So when I'm running through these, what I like to do so. Yeah. I think the Steelers would have some kind of interest in Mac Jones with Ben Roethlisberger getting up there. Yeah, let's try that. So they could be, they could be a prime candidate. But also, the Redskins at nineteen. If you can get a third round pick out of them and not have to move all the way back to twenty four, I think you still have enough picks to package something to move into the second round while still getting a top twenty prospect. For sure. Well, here let's go with. Let's see if they'll swap and give us their second on top of that send offer. They may not. Hey, hey look at that. Oh, hey, why don't you look at that? <laughs> oh, let me kill that. All right. Cool. Okay, so let's see who they moved up for. Elijah Barrett Tucker. Okay, the Bills offering a one, a five, and a five for our one. To move back five spots? (laughs) From six spots. Six spots, yeah. And we got the Broncos. No. Take a look to see what's available. I didn't see all the players that went. I saw Rashad Bateman just went, which I thought would be an interesting option here. Um, um, Kevin Jenkins yeah. is gone. All right. Oh, man. Rashad, what do you see in here that intrigues you? So right off the bat, I think Kui Pei is kind of like the best value here. 
But what what was that pick to pick? The Steelers had the fifty second pick in, in the second round. Somewhere the pick fifty second or fifty five, somewhere in there. So I still think there will be a tackle left or an interior player left on the offensive side that we can get at fifty two. So I will. I would go edge here. So I think it's a matter of do you take the ultra-athletic Owe, who's super raw, or do you take Quiddy Pay, who's one of the power player and can move inside? Uh, Quiddy Pay, and I've seen some people compare Quiddy Pay to Everson Griffin. Right. So I think in this case, getting Quiddy Pay at 24 would be large value. He comes in, competes with Weatherly right away, maybe even split time right away, gets some snaps inside with our two nose tackles. <laughs> and, uh, and thrive. So <laughs> I think I like that pick. Quitty pay at twenty four. You agree, Ryan? Yeah, I like the pick. I think there's enough value there in the second round that we can get an offensive lineman that could be a contributor. I know Alex Leatherwood, who we see here at like I think thirty one overall on the um, draft, uh-huh, or Cosme. Um, um, you know, Leatherwood is somebody that's I think kind of. It's it's interesting. I really liked him actually in last year. You know when he considered uh, coming out last year, and he decided to stay in school, and then he kind of dipped a little bit. But the athletic ability and the, um, you know, you know his power is is, is evident in, in his game. And you know he, I think he had some sloppy reps this year. Again, uh, from what I heard, he's battle. He was battling through a little bit of an injury this year. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. But again, just something I read. Um, so it's interesting to see him here because I, last year, I think he was considered like a top 15 pick. (laughs) So, um, so he's an interesting one that's actually now re-rising back up draft boards now with his athletic scoring that came through. But, um, overall, I think there's going to be enough, uh, offensive tackle or interior offensive lineman, um, available in that second round where Quiddy Pay makes a lot of sense here. Done. Quiddy Pay. Great value at 24. All right. Another interesting name there would have been Caleb Fairley, just given the fact that he, you know, was considered a top 10, top 12 okay. pick before that back injury. Um, so interesting, you know, yeah. to see how far he actually slides. This is interesting. So moving up, we get a. They're second and a four, but we trade our second and a third and a sixth for twenty spots. That's not that's not horrible, but uh, that's that's not a terrible deal because you're getting the tackle you want. If we wait, a couple tackles are going to come off the board. But if you sacrifice a third pick, you get the guy that you want. That is true. I mean, you go get the you, you go get the your guy that you want. I mean, I, I I don't hate the idea. I you know, and again, you're basically giving up a six round pick for that. I mean, that's not a bad deal. Um, giving up one of the thirds. I'm just trying to think of like what Rick would do, right? Considering right. that's what we're trying to the practice we're doing here today, right? Um, yeah, well, I think the last last time Rick traded up in the second round was to get Dalvin Cook. I think he moved up a few spots right. to get well, Dalvin. And, and second round is golden for Rick, whether it be Dalvin or McKenzie. All of his second rounders have worked out. So let's take the trade. 
see what happens. We're on the board. Now we have Cosme, Eichenberg, Randudens. So Radons, that's that's one of my guys. I like Radons. I like what he did at the uh, the senior bowl, I believe it was, where mm-hmm. he came in playing left tackle, transitioned to left guard, and there was no drop in play. And I think that is something the Vikings will value heavily, especially in a year like this when you're going into next year. They'll have three guys on the roster that can play tackle next season and two guys that can play guard. So it kind of gives you that flexibility for the future, and it gives you an immediate plug-and-play guy. What about Cosme or Eichenberg? So Cosme, I don't see playing tackle – Eichenberg, I haven't done too much on Eichenberg, but I think he's he probably could play guard. I think he's one of the guys that are uh, a little less athletic and a little bigger and has more of a reach, I believe. But if if I was to go with a guy, I would go with a guy I did the most work on, and I think Radon's, and I think his he has that really good flexibility where I'd be comfortable playing him at either spot day one. Tadishka says Eichenberg. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, I like Eichenberg. Um, I mean, not I, I, my pick would be Dylan Radens here, or actually, I probably would honestly would go Creed Humphrey. But um, I, I like Dylan Radens if we're looking for that, that tackle uh, guard flexibility there. I think he provides that. You can try him out at tackle. He's athletic um, and he um, has you know a good anchor. I, I think he needs to work a little bit on his footwork and some hand placement, but. Uh, overall, I think with hopefully some good coaching, which again seems to be spotty here, um, <laughs> he he is um, he's a guy that I think you can you can take and develop, and he can turn into again like a Brian O'Neill uh, type of guy. With Eichenberg, he's a more of like a plug and plug and play guy, um, but he's I think he's purely a tackle. Um, he's probably better. He's not as athletic as uh, like Radens or Cosme, um, but he. Like I said, he, he's going to be more of that stalwart left tackle that you're looking for to kind of franchise type left tackle. The uh-huh. limit with him is his his athletic upside is limited, so that likely limits his potential, you know, long term. So he's going to probably be a steady um, contributor, an average um, left tackle or right tackle in the NFL, which isn't a bad thing. It's better than what we have now, um, but I, I don't see him ascending to being like a, a top tier guy. Where I think like Radens has the ability to, um, and if not, I think he could really excel at guard, which would be nice. Um, based on my offensive lineman rankings that I have, that the highest ranked offensive lineman I saw left that's available here would be Creed Humphrey. I have him as my interior offensive lineman two, um, behind Rashawn Slater. So, um, and where he limits in this situation is he is a center that could play guard. And again, I think I've talked about this in a previous mock draft Monday that I think our center spot is not secure. I don't know if that's what Rick thinks. Obviously, they spent a first round pick on him a couple of years ago. So, um, so Bradbury, he's going to be given at least one more chance. Right. Where I like Humphrey is he can go and play left guard for you for a year. And if Bradbury doesn't work out, you have your starting center, which is more important than a left or right guard on roster with him. So that's my only, I guess, like 
argument I would say for Humphrey in this situation. But I think if we're Rick Spielman here, we're probably going to own Raidens. Raidens it is. And we're yeah, I don't think the Vikings have like a solidified plan at offensive line as of right now, which is kind of an issue. So having those guys that have that flexibility just kind of gives them a tad bit more to work with. Right, and I agree with you. I think they're, well, we got four guys listed as tackles on the roster. Let's see which one wins the spot. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And we have a trade offer from the Jaguars offering their number 65 pick for our 90 and 119. Move up. Uh, I, I don't see it. I'm not see. I'm not sure if Spielman will move up anymore. You know, he loves his fourth, right. his fourth rounders. So I think once you get that that kind of that tackle guard guy, and they get their edge people, they're gonna look a little bit towards uh, getting some depth, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I didn't want to counter offer. Let's see. Previous. No. Hide. There we go. Players available. Wait a minute. Draft paused. Resume draft. <laughs> Watching players fly off the board. All right. Here we are Here we at go. 90. Jets, 107. No, I'm declining this. I saw somebody on the board I want. <laughs> Who do I want to pick? Who do I think Rick Spielman's going to have the cojones to select right now? <laughs> Seriously, I think question. we're thinking the same thing. Ryan. So I see Kellen. I see Kellen Mund there. No, I'm not thinking Mund. No Mund. Okay. Well, he's there. He's right there. Texas A&M. But I'm betting he goes there. Hmm. I saw someone. I think I think that was Davis Mills. They said was a lot like Kirk Cousins. I've seen his draft stocks going up. Uh, regards average out of the deal, but he does have subtle movement in the pocket, unlike Kirk Cousins. Um, <laughs> and he's not as good as RPOs. He's a he's a pocket passer competitive rallies. He's a good leader. That's one of the reasons I like him. Um, or you can go Mund, who throws the ball to the right spot most of the time. <laughs> Tadishka um, says I mean, Mills. You're going with a developmental quarterback, so you never really know what you're going to get. So I think you just take whatever guy you like. I think Kellen Munn offers a little bit more athletic upside and that arm strength dude has a rocket. He can throw the ball. So I would lean Munn just because we, we haven't had that athleticism where Kirk Cousins in a couple years and adding that in just kind of gives you a new element to the offense rather than going with somebody who is, is kind of like the Kirk clones. Yeah. Copy. Right. But, I mean, hey, if he's an accurate passer, that's that's more important than having the athleticism is can you get the ball into tight spaces and can you get the ball where it needs to go. 
So I've seen Kellamon not do that sometimes. <laughs> so, but I mean, then again, they are they're developmental guys. They're not going to be great right away. So it's like it's up no, to the coach to see if they can the change. The whole around. idea is they'll probably be the backup and learn and redshirt for a year. So right. But I think Spielman has the gumption enough to take a quarterback here. Question is Munder Mills. Ryan, has you got your mic working yet? Nope. And it looks like Ryan's microphone has died. Um, Tanish, Tanishka agrees with you, Deshaun, so let's go with Mond. I feel like we just drafted the next Dak Prescott. Yeah, we may have. <laughs> All right, Kansas City's offering. They're third at 94 for two of our fourths. They're third and a fifth. So thinking at this spot, usually at this spot is where you start to look wide receiver because this is where the depth in the draft goes from being more talent-based to more athleticism-based. Right. So if we want to move up, we can probably get one of the more athletic guys. Um, I mean, even if we do stay, there are there are still some guys. Um, Josh, I can't pronounce his last name. It's like our modern a modern. Be baby, baby, <laughs> yes. he'll be there at at the at the forefront picks. That dude's ultra athletic. There is Semi; he'll be there too. So I mean, you don't really have to move up. Yeah, I like staying where we're at. If you guys can hear me now, yes. All right, perfect. Yeah. Sorry, and uh, honestly, uh, with the Kellen Mond Davis Mills, just to throw my two cents in, I know we already made the pick. Um, Davis Mills is probably a little bit more pro ready today, um, and I think he's going to be more of the safer pick in terms of he's got at least at minimum a career backup, um, you know, um, career path for him. And he has the upside, I think, to uh, make it as a starter, maybe probably a low end, low end to mid starter. Um, He's got more athleticism, I think, than Kirk does. And he's got a similar, uh, you know, short and intermediate passing ability. His deep ball needs some work and he doesn't, but his, you know, his arm's pretty good where Kellen Mond is going to be bigger boomer bust. He's um, we have a lot of tape on him. So he has shown the inconsistency that you don't want to see out of a quarterback. However, he does have that rocket arm. He can, he's very mobile. Um, and so if you can just kind of hone in in between the ears and get him to make some smart decisions, he's going to be the better quarterback long-term in my opinion. I know me and uh, Tyler have debated this in the past, uh, both on Twitter and on this show, and he would take Mills. I'm a Mon guy. I like the athletic upside um, and see what you, you can develop. But um, yeah, so sitting here, uh, I know you guys are talking wide receiver, um, you know, there, there's some interesting options here. There's a couple of good safeties. Again, I don't know how important it is to get a really good safety right now, uh, given that we have Xavier Woods. Uh, but, you know, there's some good developmental guys in uh, Gillespie. Ardarius Washington is going to be like that small Bob Sanders type. And Andre Sisco who's going to be, uh, you know, more of a center fielder, uh, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what we want out of that second safety position next to Harrison Smith. Um I also like uh, Trill Williams, cornerback out of Syracuse. I've just been a big fan of what I've seen on him. When I was watching uh, Cisco tape, uh, he actually popped out. Is just like consistent corner. He's got the length. He can do a little bit of everything. 
probably going to be an outside guy in the NFL, but um, I think he's got the athleticism to even kick inside if needed. But, you know, we need bigger corners on the outside right now with, um, you know, really the lack of depth behind our two starters. So I like Trill Williams um, as a potential here as well. And he's that perfect six foot two that Zimmer likes. And here it says he's played outside slot and safety. So they'd love that diversity. Um, yeah, there's actually some safeties that I like later in the forefront. I mean, I'm a big fan of Cisco. I like the center fielder thing, but I think there's a couple more safeties left in this fourth round as to where the corner depth drops off a bit here. So I would I would take Williams too. Okay, done. I'm a big fan of Caden Stearns later if he's available. Um, you know, I think I think he's got a lot of upside, and um, I, I just feel like those Texas athletes—they are maybe misused down in the Longhorns program. So I feel like they don't get their love, but they they have a lot of really good, talented athletes that just don't show up on on tape because I, I don't know if it was coaching or whatnot. They have Sarkeesian coming in now that hopefully will. Um, well, hopefully not help him too much because again, I'm an Oklahoma guy, but um, that that will help help you know those athletes out. So, um, I will say no to this trade. Yeah, duh. I trust or, you, Dave. Uh, it didn't move out They want too much <laughs> in the later rounds, which is a crapshoot, anyways. But all right, we're on the board. You know, one position we haven't addressed Ooh, is yeah. interior offensive line. Right. Um, Kendrick Banks. Green's here. Sure. I, I think Kendrick Green is somebody that's um, very attractive to a team like us. That's going to be more of that zone, uh, outside zone scheme. He's very athletic. I think he played center for Illinois. Um, I think he has the ability to switch over to guard as well. And again, going back to my Humphrey comment, he could then be the successor if needed uh, long term, or even if Bradbury gets hurt, we'd have a competent center to you know hopefully come in and plug and play he's nasty on film i don't know if you watch him deshaun but he he's got some uh grit to him that i really enjoy um and again uh, athletically he fits the scheme that we're looking at and you know this is that sweet spot for rick to take you know these um even though we haven't been very successful at it with like samia and um beavers but you know this is a kind of sweet spot for rick to take you know uh, offensive lineman here so yeah, Kendrick Green actually reminds me a little bit of Bradbury. Just with that mean streak that Ryan was talking about. He's that, that great run blocker, not super great in pass blocking, but I think the Vikings would really like him. They're, you know, a run first team still, and he comes in, he does exactly what it is that they want to do. And I think in the fourth round, that's nice to find. Done. And we're on the clock again. Right. So I like who I like Hufanga here. Hufanga, safety out of USC. Yeah, uh, loaded loaded upside there. I think he had he battled some injuries. I think in college, and uh, that's kind of you know hurt his stock a little bit. But when he's on the field and he's playing, um, he stands out on that defense. So um, definitely somebody that I've always, I kept my eye on uh, throughout most of my mock drafts that I do. Um, and he is frequently visit, visits our team on, on my you know, mocks because I think he has the ability to kind of play in a two-split zone uh, safety look, which who knows, I think we might even play that a little bit more now with 
some of the run stuffing support that we got mm-hmm. on, at the D tackle position. I think we'll, we might see a couple, or a little bit more of that two high safety look. Um, and so he can play that. He can also play center fielder if needed. Um, I, I know that he, he had a, quite a few reps in the slot and uh, against tight ends. Um, so, you know, he's got the size. So I, I really like him as a prospect here. Um, you know, Ali McNeil, he's another guy that I'm a big fan of. He's a, a, a D tackle, probably going to be a one tech. So I don't know if he, he's, he's going to kind of more fit that mold of a Dalton Tomlinson where he can get to generate some push and some, um, you know, up the pocket, but he's not going to be that, you know, quick shifty three tech that we likely need. Um, so I, I think he'll probably be off our boards. I assume in this situation, uh, Twyman, I know Deshaun, you're a big fan of his, um, or at least you were before that athletic testing came out. So, uh, what, so that's the concern there is we didn't see him play this year. His athletic testing came in very poor, but when you watch him on tape, he's electrifying. He's, you know, he, he, you know, penetrates the pocket. Um, he's quick, he's decisive and he gets to the quarterback and he's got a ton of, a uh, ton of sacks in his college career. So, um, I don't know why the athletic testing came back so poor, but I always try to urge people don't just go off of the athletic testing because there's a lot of quality players that test poorly, but they're still good athletes or they still do well in the NFL. Orlando Brown, he's a guy that's been linked to us to trade for, had probably the worst testing of any player in the combine history. And he it forced him to slip down to the third round. And he is a high quality. I mean, he was a starting right tackle from day one and, you know, shipped over to the left side last year. So I think that testing, you know, trust tape before testing and that tape for Twyman is really um, exciting. So, yeah, I think Twyman put in, he put on a lot of weight. I think he like put on like 25 pounds of muscle or whatever. Cause from his tape and to this pro day, he looks like a lot bigger. And I think that might, might be why he slowed down a little bit. But when looking at the defense and looking how it's being rebuilt and kind of becoming similar to that 2017 defense mm-hmm. almost, or maybe that 2019 defense, I think the one piece that we're missing is the guy that can do a little bit of everything, kind of like that J. Ron Curse role. Right. So I think you can take Hufanga and put him in that role from day one and just do a little bit of everything. And if anything, so he's maybe teams. not always – and also, yeah, special teams. So, and I like what here, they I said. He's a violent tackler, and I love guys that are violent tacklers. Just <laughs> as long as they don't go, you know, take out their teammate on blue on blue. Hufanga, it is. Yeah, Dan, I, I advocated for Creed Humphrey, man. Uh, obviously, you know I'm going to advocate for him every time. We did trade back into 25 if you weren't here at the beginning of the show, uh, but we decided to go with Quiddy Pay. They went for it. Nope. <clears throat> Not for this draft. Because we're mocking. All right, here we go. All right. Let me take a look at the wide receiver list to see who's still there. So right away, Anthony Schwartz pops off the off the page with that 40 time. I think he ran like a four two six. Damn. Or something like that. And then you have Josh, who had a 46-inch vertical. So, And then you also have Fioko, who I think ran like a 4-3-something, too. So you know, we have three ultra-athletes sitting right here. This is take whoever you prefer. And also, we got to remember, now that we have uh, Mikardo, we have really great wide receiver coaching now. So 
I think focusing more on who's the athlete and who's going to take that teaching and put it to the best use is what we should focus on. And I think all these guys would do well, really. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. I think Schwartz might complement Jefferson and Thielen a little better just because his speed forces you to account for him. So if Josh or Fehoko don't produce right away, right. then sometimes you can like plan for them. But with short straight speed, you always have to plan for. Yeah, so if you just have at least one on defender a goal right, on him at all times. Right. And maybe even two, because so doubling Jefferson, doubling Thielen won't really be a thing anymore because now you have to have that safety over top because he's going to take the top off your defense. Ryan? Yeah, I'm a big fan of his speed. Um, you know, I think in college, he, he was more primarily featured in the slot. Um, again, don't let that be the judge of who a player is. Justin Jefferson's a very good example of that. And having players that can, you know, flex in and out of that spot is very uh, lucrative here. Another guy that doesn't get a lot of love, and again, he's a little bit lower on this uh, list, is Amir um, Smith, and I forgot how to say his last name, but from Iowa. He's going to be another guy that I think is going to be – he's tested a little more athletically than people had thought, and he's going to be just like a good overall athlete. There's just so much depth here. I know we have a pick a little bit later here in about 10 spots or so. Um, you know, I wouldn't even mind skipping a receiver for this pick just because I think there's still some really good talent. And it's still addressing that, you know, in 10 picks where we'll have a pick of the litter still, I assume, because there are some, again, guys here. Um, I think – one of the uh, things that we uh, were missing here is a linebacker and we don't have, there isn't a ton of depth left in the linebacker uh, room here in, in the draft. And Dylan Moses once thought of as a first rounder from Alabama, um, I think he fits, he tested athletically as well, which is a good, he's a former five-star athlete. I know Rick loves those kind of guys and um, you know, he could, you know, be picked with the intention of potentially taking over for Barr uh, once we don't have him under contract next year. He's not the same skill set as Barr. I think he's going to be probably a little closer to more of a, yeah, or like, yeah, like a traditional linebacker, uh, right? When you think of a linebacker, it's kind of more of like that standard uh, thumper, uh, but he's got some athletic upside that can, you know, pass protect and stuff as well, or um, get get in pass protection there. But um yeah, so I, I I like that as an option here, just because the depth behind that is uh, is pretty poor. And again, I, just trying yeah, to think like through the lens too, of Rick. Rick loves linebackers. Yeah, <laughs> in this, in especially this in the yeah, fourth man. round, getting that yeah. thumper. Yeah, getting that thumper is that's important. After we saw what happened last season, getting those linebackers that can run defend that's super important. Done. And here we go again. Fourth and a fifth for a fourth and a fifth. And moving up <laughs> five spots and moving back 12 or, you know, 17, something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I'm okay just writing the rest of this out because we're not picking yeah. in the fifth anyway. And Right. Um, yeah. Right. We'll probably have our wide receiver here anyways. Right. So one wide receiver goes off, or I guess two went off. Neither one of them are ones that we were really looking at. I do like Daz Newsom though. I think again he's another guy that tested yeah. not as impressively as he, you know, some had thought. But again, game tape doesn't lie, and he's explosive in the game tape. So 
Um, so I, I like your idea here, Deshaun, of getting that burner that can Sports. take the roof off the, the defense and um, force a single high or force safety help uh, anytime he's on the field, which should open up the middle for our two guys who can uh, catch and run. So, And our tight end running across, scraping across the middle as well. Yeah, absolutely. Reminds me a lot of when we had, um, what was his name? Aldrick Robertson. Yeah, sure. Okay, let's get our picks. All right. Let me blow this up. So, and why all the ads this time? <laughs> they got to make their money, Dave. I know. We got to help be JR's kids. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so we Nothing we took the. <laughs> we took the uh, 14th pick, turned that into a 24, and um, I think it was a 53, a, 54, yeah. or something like that. Um, took Quiddy Pay, then decided to move back up um, to uh, early first or a second round pick to go grab, like Deshaun said, go grab our guy, our offensive tackle that we wanted versus you know having to see what was left in Dylan Radens. Um, Again, I, I advocated for uh, Dan. I advocated for Creed Humphrey. I know you're a big fan of his. Um, but I think Raidens gives us that versatility at uh, the tackle and guard positions, which um, which is probably a little bit more important today than it is in, for the guard and center position. So, um, yeah, what are your think, uh, thoughts on our first two picks, Deshaun? Uh, I think, I mean, to trade back and then to still be able to make another top, Top 100 pick after trading back up, I think that's like best case scenario. You get two immediate impact players, no matter if they're playing inside or outside, and that's really all you you can ask for out of your first two picks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got a possible quarterback of the future once somebody's contract is up and we let him walk because he wants some exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> Absolutely. A toolsy prospect that, uh, again, uh, has, has shown in, in his college career to have some amazing flashes where he looks like he'd be a surefire first-round pick and some absolute duds that make you think, oh, gosh, can he really process the game at a high level? Uh, but I think with the tools and skill set and sitting in that QB room with Kirk, who um, – actually is pretty darn good between the years uh, from the mental aspect of the game. Um, Hopefully he can learn a thing or two and and be able to watch tape with him and learn from Kirk um, and, and and develop. So. Mm -hmm. And then we got us a a decent corner that's versatile at all the spots in the defensive backfield. Followed by. Yep, Absolutely. And then yeah, and Trill Williams, uh, I mean, you got to love his name too, Trill Williams. I mean, I, I so love that <laughs> name. But, yeah, you know, out of Syracuse, great player, good length, uh, you know, good size, good speed. Um, hopefully, again, more of a toolsy prospect that I think Zim can get his hands on and really develop into a, hopefully a high-caliber player um, that maybe would be ready to take over um, as, as uh, you know, CB2 if Peterson decides to lock next year. Uh, Kendrick Green, yeah, I think uh, he, center, guard. Oh, good. No, I think he like might even get time this season with how I mean our room got extremely thin after after the Gladney incident, and then I mean you can't really count Mike Hughes because of the injury history. So we're really just looking at a room that has Boyd, Peterson, and Dantzler, and then we have um, 
Uh, we have another guy. Camera hand. We have hand too. But I think, I mean, being that bigger guy, I think gives him an opportunity to play pretty early. Yeah, absolutely. I, I and I agree. And you know, we like to rotate our corners as well. And again, mm-hmm. even Dancer hasn't proven to be the healthiest guy in the in the room either. Like he had a couple right. he missed a couple of games last year due to injury. So I think it's good to spend, you know, one of our top you know, day two type picks on a corner, whether it's Trill Williams, that um, Mazuka, I forget his name, but the, the uh, uh, South Carolina cornerback that played opposite of J.C. Horn, uh, Mukamura, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, Trey Brown even. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of good corner. St. Juice, uh, that should get our Gopher fans excited. There's a lot of good corner prospects in that, um, you know, third, even early fourth round that, that you know, could be interesting. So, um, yeah, so and then we went Kendrick Green, uh, center guard prospect out of uh, Illinois. Again, another uh, you know athletic individual. Gonna you know, like Deshaun had mentioned, uh, be, be a guy like Bradbury, who's a really good run defender. Again, we, it, it's tough because of the the, the style of play we do. Uh, we're looking for these athletic guys, so they're gonna tend to be a little bit lighter, um, and then they're going to so that they can get to their spot in the run. Uh, game but in the past defense or you know pass blocking they typically tend to struggle because of power right um mm-hmm. so we'll see if he can be an improvement upon samia and in dozier it shouldn't take much um <laughs> so hopefully he can do that for us we'll see but it, it fills it fills a spot and i think he can now one of the picks i like for depth is your safety selection from usc and then we get. See, so, yeah, I think, the, yeah, having those two guys is just. We saw, man, the death got tested last season, and that's just not something you want to have happen again. So, Hufenga, I think, plays right away. He might start off a little sparingly, but just having that tackle is just. It's, we took curse, and he just did things that we needed him to do. It wasn't always on the field. Graded fantastically when he was on the field so i think we can do that exact same thing with him and it just it's going to create turnovers it's going to create three and outs and it's just a nice thing to have for you know a defensive-minded coach and then also having that thumper as like your third or fourth linebacker especially if um our linebacker that we drafted last season doesn't really come along like we want him to having that extra guy would also help out a lot i agree and then we got lastly the burner at wide receiver, who runs a four-two what? Four-two-six. I am excited for Kirk Cousins' deep balls to Schwartz. I mean, Alan. I mean, Alger Robinson had what, like seven touchdowns with us, just running past people. Mm-hmm. So now, and that was with Diggs and Thielen. So now, I mean, you have a similar combo in Thielen. And Thielen's still playing at a high level, and you have Justin who burst onto the scene. So. Schwartz is going to see a lot of single coverage. He's on those crossing routes. He's going to kill people on those crossing routes. So I think that's, I actually think like, I think we talk a lot about offensive regression and making sure that we, we continue to add to the offense to make sure that we can still play at a high level. Like we did last mm-hmm. season. I think Anthony Schwartz stops any kind of regression, just having that guy. And then we forget that Irv Smith is now coming into his own being the starter and now we have we have so many options on offense, and we and still got to remember that Dalvin Cook is number one. 
Mm-hmm. So I think he just gives us a plethora of weapons, and hopefully Kirk Cousins can hit hit everybody. Overall, what do you think, Ryan? You happy? I mean, a hell of a lot better than last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, <laughs> like, I'm not the biggest fan of taking an edge in the first, but given where we traded back to and uh, the value that we got back in that trade back, um, I think was worthwhile for us to go ahead and take pay. I think he was um, – Again, one of the better prospects available on the board. Um, you know, again, you don't want to reach. And again, th- this is all based on TDN's rankings, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these big boards for the NFL teams might have Radens as a mid-first round pick. I mean, you see all these guys like Damon Arnett last year um, thought of as like a second, third round pick, got picked like 18th overall, right? You never know who's going to shoot up the board. So I think Quiddy Pay though is you know, a consistent guy that, you know, showed power explosion um, that we desperately need off the edge. And I think we're going to be looking edge uh, relatively early. You know, people say we haven't taken an edge in the first round since Erasmus James, which is very true. We've also had quality players at the edge position um, throughout since Erasmus James has gotten drafted. I mean, we had um, you know, we had uh, Brian Robinson and Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter and Jared Allen and um, Ray Edwards. I mean, we mm-hmm. had a quality people in that position for a long time. So the fact that we don't really, I mean, you know, Weatherly has shown, you know, to be quality and in, in, as a backup, but um, in the full-time gig, he kind of flopped last year in Carolina. So uh, I think that we're just hedging our bet here and giving ourselves as many resources as possible um, and then still going up and getting that tackle guard in Raidens. I think we really uh, did a good job here. I did too. With that, I want to thank everybody that watched. And here we got Mateo joining us. Um I want to thank everybody that watched tonight. I think we had a very good result. And uh, too bad Tyler couldn't join us. But I think we did better. And we know we did better than last week. With that, we've got one more Mock Draft Monday before the real thing. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregate. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.